Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Making Learning Special podcast, where we discuss everything from parenting tips and strategies to early childhood development, all the way to the realities of parenthood. I'm your host, Madonna Lazo-Smith, and with me is my husband and co-host, Zach Smith. Today's topic, we are talking about everything that has to do with flexibility and not physical flexibility, but more so resilience and being open to change. So that is our topic today. And I have been talking about in prior episodes, how routine is really helpful for little ones, right? But there is definitely room for routine and being flexible because let's face it, Not everything is going to be a routine. Not everything is going to stay um, consistent. There are going to be changes and things thrown at you. And that's just life. So yeah, there kind of is that um, dichotomy, I feel like, right, Zach, of routine and flexibility. But it's, it's really a balance. And knowing change happens is a big one for for little ones. And it might be difficult for some kids, but not as difficult for other kids, you know. Yep. So, <laughs> yeah. So I think right, right when I was about to burp, <laughs> excuse me. Um, yeah, but yes, yeah, so flexibility. The thing is, we have to be flexible as parents because kids, they're, they're, I don't want to say itinerary because they don't have an itinerary, but their behaviors change so often that we have to be flexible and understand that they are going to change at a rapid pace, especially, and now this might be, this is anecdotally speaking, but for at least the first couple of years, right? Or or, or three years, I guess we could say, mm-hmm. right? Because Ace, when he was growing up, like from age, from zero to what, maybe six to seven months, it nothing. It changed a lot. Nothing. Yeah. He doesn't do it. Oh, you know, well. just burp, yeah. poop, pee. You know what I mean? Feed. That's it. It's like so simple. Very, very easy. If, if something was wrong, it was just one of those basic things. Right. And then as he started to develop more, when he started to turn over, turn over, he started to crawl. He started to uh, uh, he started to what is the one where they're they're holding on to objects and they're they're cruising. going back and forth cruising. Yes. For those of you who don't know what cruising is, that's when they prop themselves up and they're holding on to something while kind of shuffling left and right. That's cruising. And then ultimately walking. Now, a lot of his behaviors and his patterns and his interests have changed so dramatically in the first three years, sometimes as fast as three days, sometimes as long as three months. We were just looking at videos too yesterday of Ace, right? And literally Literally like two, two weeks apart from when he was what? not even two years old, you're like, wow, yeah, did you see, do you see these two videos and how different they are? And his language just two weeks from that time, right? That was mm-hmm. crazy because we as parents have to be flexible when our kids change. And they all, we, when something's thrown out at us out of our routine, it also shows how are we dealing with the stress? Are we, um, going in a downward spiral or getting stuck or being rigid, you know, all these different things. How are we handling all these changes that are thrown at us? Because our kids are looking and they're watching and they're feeling it. Yeah. There's a saying, there's a saying that says what got you here won't get you there. Right. Mm -hmm. So with these kids, they're developing so rapidly that by the time you think you have them all figured out, you don't because they're already changing. Like maybe the toy that was keeping your kid occupied for 45, 60 minutes in a, you know, at a time, maybe they only see it for four or five seconds. And they're like, all right, cool. On to the next thing. I'm, I'm cool. And I'm cruising now. 
I'm crawling now. I'm walking now. I don't need that. That's peasant stuff. I, I, I have a cool new level of me. So we have to, we have to be very flexible, just like, just like, you know, as the kids are developing, because like, like you said, it, it changes so, so rapidly. And I think it's very, it's, it's funny because it sounds like common sense. Right. It sounds like something that most people would understand and know, but it's like one of those things that everybody knows, but nobody really pays too much attention to. So when it actually comes to comes to light, they're like, oh, what the heck is happening? What the heck is happening? We all know this, yet it's just something that we overlook, I guess we can say, or or don't give too much weight on or think about. So we have to be very flexible and understand that if we want to, I don't even know where the heck I'm going with this anymore, but our kids, <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm talking while I'm also thinking about all the things that Ace has been doing. You, you were talking about the, the videos we were watching, right? And I just started referring because I actually was, when I was upstairs just now, I was looking at videos of him last year as well. So <laughs> I'm just getting kind of sidetracked because it was just crazy to see how fast he developed from month to month. Um, I was looking at April of last year, actually. And it's just, it's just crazy because like I said, what got you here won't get you there. So Ace's interest has changed dramatically. So now we have to find a new way to entertain him, a new way to educate him, a new way to, to keep him going and let him do his job, which, you know, if you refer to referring back to my last episode, their job is to experiment and play and, and do all that good stuff. It's, How are you being flexible and playing with your child, right? And following yeah. their lead. And we've mentioned this before. Are you just saying, no, 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 we have to stack the blocks. No, 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 we have to read the book this oh, right. way. Or are you being flexible and noticing and reflecting and seeing, oh, and being observant as well like oh are you um, how are the they really using this book okay let's use it how my child is using it and yes there are people who are who are going to say well how are we going to teach them how to do the things the right way how are we going to teach them how to um flip the pages of a book if they're putting what it is but head? what but for a kid who's like two to four years old what or two to three one to three what is the right way exactly yes, yes. that's the question what is the right way the right way is their way right yeah. and we <laughs> have to be flexible in understanding that that mm -hmm. they are kids they're exper experimenting they're learning we are literal if we see a spoon we use it for soup if we see a fork, we use it for, I don't know, chicken, right? A kid could use whatever they want for whatever the heck they want. They could use a spoon and pretend they're an excavator like something Ace would do, right? They could take a fork and pretend it's a spaceship. Guess what? It's a spaceship. And that's a beautiful a thing. You tell, yes. you go in a job interview and one of the characteristics that people would say if they are is being flexible and being open to changes, right? It's mm -hmm. actually a skill because as we get older, how flexible are we in changing what we're used to Ooh. doing right Ooh. no they've done so they've done they've done research on this where they've checked the creativity of children under the ages of five mm. and found that they believe they could do anything they want anywhere they want with whoever they want like their creativity was endless there were no bounds right as soon as they entered them into the school system ages five and beyond their creativity diminished dramatically yep it went completely down because guess what happened they went from free roaming free thinking experimenting and and thinking the world's like possibilities were endless to no this is the way to think this is the way to learn and this is the answer anything else you're wrong you're wrong so they found that when before they started going to school they could teleport if they wanted to right once they got into school they started getting put these belief systems in them where they said okay that's not true. That's fake. That's unattainable. I can never do that. 
one plus one is two. And that's the, that's it. That's the bottom line. I have to do it this way. So we have to be very flexible and, and help promote their creativity and promote that kind of experimenting when they're younger, because once they get into the school system, guys, they're, they're going to dramatically decrease their level of creativity. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't creatives out there because of course people, right brain, left brain, creative, logical, mm -hmm. emotional, you know what I mean? There are different types of people who have different emphasis on, you know, what they're good at and what they like. But generally speaking, kids are more creative based on the data before they're put into the school system. It's almost like yeah, an, an I don't know, an indoctrination. You this, know what of I mean? course. And there's always, and like I've been saying too, there's always that balance. They need to know how to sit in the classroom and have these set guidelines and rules, but they also yeah. need to think outside of the box, right? It's that balance. But one of the things that, um, I note as a specialist is that I actually take a look at how flexible is a child given a situation because sometimes kids who are definitely less flexible have a harder time with social language skills for example right yeah so it's typical for kids to line up their toys and pretend you know um, the bears are in line the cars are in line which is typical but it can also be a characteristic of someone who has social language difficulties and most often autism for example right so um, when you are looking at that flexibility and flexibility is a huge part of social language skills that I work on with these kiddos because they're more, um, they can be more rigid, for example, right? So um, we're not just looking at like, oh no, they're lining up their cars. Is that a red flag, blah, 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 right? Or some parents might be like, eh, he's just lining it up. But, but there's other factors that go into it. Are they not wanting to, um, to do something different? Are they having a hard time transitioning because um, they are not flexible in the change, right? There's a lot of factors that um, go into flexibility. That's why this is a pretty important topic actually, right? And then um, just kind of reflecting for us as adults where you're, um, I'm going back to this because your kids are looking at you when something happens, a change happens. How do you react? What happens to your demeanor? What happens to your reaction? That also makes a difference. So one of the things that I would definitely help kids with is giving them those kid-friendly words to relate to. One of the best ones I've um, recently been using with my kiddos is, oh, you, uh, remember to think like a palm tree because palm trees are very flexible, which I found out um, that palm trees could actually bend up to, um, I think it was like 50% of their height and they wouldn't break right? Because they're meant to do that and then sway back and forth. So, oh, are we thinking like a palm tree? Or are we thinking like a rigid oak tree? So simple, relatable words like that and things that you can give them visuals to. Visuals. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, um, you know, are you thinking like a rock right now or a, um, you're thinking like a glass <laughs> because glass yeah. shatter and um, we want to be bendy. 
there's a lot of different things that you can use with kids when you notice that they're not being very flexible or preparing ahead of time. If you know they're having, they're going to have a hard time being flexible with whatever activity they're doing and they want to do it a certain way, ease them into it or, or create that, um, create a different activity in which you are building upon what they're already doing. So here's, here's one, and that based on what you were saying right there, let's pretend that we're doing, um, I don't know, some kind of project, okay? And there's a bunch of different kids, various ages, between two and seven, all right? Seven-year-olds, obviously, are going to follow directions uh, for the most part. Granted, they listen. The two-year-old, they don't give a damn what you say, okay? They're just going to do They're just gonna <laughs> do whatever the heck they want to do because they see something, and they're like, okay, everyone's else doing this, but I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. When do you step in? Because, I, I mean, I really feel like I know the answer to this, but when do you feel like you should intervene if they're doing something absolutely quote unquote wrong in regards to what the particular experiment or, or a task is? Well, there's a lot of people. Now I will say this. And the only reason why I asked this is because there are a lot of parents out there and I've seen it firsthand many times. Everybody's doing it a certain way, but your kid is doing it, deviating and doing it his own experimental way, right? And, and just being creative. And they're just like, no, 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 you can't do that. You have to do it like this. Look at everybody else. Do it like this. Do it like it's this. Very and the common, kid would be like actually. two or three yes. years old or four years old. So when the heck, what or, or what age is it appropriate for you to start correcting that behavior? Or should you just allow them the creative, um, you know, liberties to do whatever the heck it is that they want to do? What, what's the, you know, what's the, what's the, I know there's no like one size fits all answer, but just generally speaking, when should we start teaching them being, you know, literacy, a, a spaceship flies to space, a fork is used to eat, you know, things of that nature. We're already teaching them that really, but with your example of there's an art project, there's a range of kids from two years old to seven years old. Right. And um, that is a huge range. For those kids who are younger, what I see usually is either parents are doing the art project for them, so it's quote unquote correct, or they're telling them, no, 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 do it this way, do it this way, right? And of course, they have to do the art project for the kiddo because the kiddo's doing something else with the activity, Uh, right? It's common. It's fairly common. What I suggest, and I I see this because when I'm in the classroom setting, I tell parents this all the time, that It's the process when they're younger. It's all about the process, not the end product. They will learn as they mature and get older how to functionally use these things by seeing um, their peers, by seeing the environment, by knowing how to stroke and brush with, um, with a paintbrush, for example. So right now, if they just want to put a sticker on top of each other without putting it all over the place, yeah, let them do that. And it's actually fairly typical um, with arts and crafts for kids um, who finish their art project to take it apart. It's actually part of that process. Usually we're like, oh, look, um, Ace made a cute spaceship. Isn't that so cute? And then five minutes later, we see him pulling things apart. Like, no, no, no. Why are you destroying it? They don't know they're destroying it. They think that they're exploring and they're figuring out, oh, I made this. I'm going to take it off now, right? So that's actually a a shift in how you perceive things, how you, oh, go ahead. I see. I have a, okay. So I have a, I have a follow-up question now. Let's pretend, let's fast forward. Okay. Everybody has kids. We're all, all our kids are three years old. Yay. Running around being creative. Now let's pretend our kids are now seven years old. Okay. For Mm -hmm. the sake of this conversation, let's pretend Ace is seven years old. Mm-hmm. he's in an art class mm-hmm. teacher goes okay take this home i want you to paint this tree 
I want the trees and leaves or the leaves to be green and I want the trunk to be brown and the grass to be green, the sky to be blue, clouds to be white and the, the sun to be yellow, you know, typical. Now, creative, create creative liberties. Do we allow our kid to do it blatantly, quote unquote, wrong? And I keep saying in quotes because, you know, they're kids, it's, it's just experimenting. Is it wrong for him to do it the wrong way? Or is he at the age where you're like, okay, dude, it's time to follow directions. Like, what would you do in that, in that circumstance if he decided that he wanted to make the tree purple and he wanted to make the tree trunk green or something like that? Now, what would we do in that situation as a parent? Do we tell him that he's doing it wrong and he needs to follow directions? Or are we encouraging that creative behavior? Because there are a lot of parents out there who do their kids' projects for them because they don't do it to their level of, you know, of, of, of uh, expectation, right? Oh, that's ugly. You can't do this. I'm going to do it for you. And then all of a sudden, you, you know this. You've grown up with kids who they turn in their or product. Like you're the like, perfect there's no way missionary mission project. Remember those? Yes. Missions? Oh my gosh. That's exactly <laughs> what I thought about. There's no exactly way that I this fourth too. grader, mine looks like a fourth grader did it. Yeah. And this <laughs> other person looks like a professional, like construction person every or class, architect I feel like it. I'm like, dude, that. there's no, <laughs> no way this kid did that. So what what's the what 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 do you do in that situation where your kids taking creative liberties when the teachers told them specifically you need to do it this way what what would your take be okay i feel like there's two different things going on here right there yeah there is... was a lot it was a long long <laughs> yeah. long question so i will <laughs> so the first thing is um there's always a time and place for something there's always a time mm -hmm. and place for something. So there's a time and a place for you to be creative and explore and do what you um, you would like to do. And when you're younger, right? Or even when you're older, but I'm just referring to the previous um, example with the two-year-old, but there's a time and place. If your teacher is telling you to do something specifically, homework, giving you directions to do it, by all means, go ahead and do that, right? Which is fine. And then for um, creative purposes, if you know, if you as a parent know that that's your child's homework, and you notice that your child is kind of deviating away from from those directions that the teachers gave, I would say, repeat and say, "Oh, is that what your teacher said? Can we re read what the directions are again?" Oh, it looks like you're coloring it purple, but it says brown on here. Let's color it brown. And after you finish this homework, you can do another drawing with all the things that you want on it. Do another tree that has a purple trunk if you'd like. But for, for, for homework, let's do it how your teacher gave you the directions to do it. So there's always a way where you can, um, where they can follow directions if they need to. And then you can expand or redirect them to do something different later on right to continue with that creativity part okay that makes sense so like you said the, the the bottom line the point is there's a time and place for everything teach them that it's okay to follow the directions when they need to but also offer them the opportunity to do whatever the heck it is that they want to do after the fact yes exactly okay. and then one of the things that you mentioned too is that parents doing parents doing it for them for yeah them. what the heck's up with well, that for little kids i would say yes give them some guidance but give them some wiggle room you don't have to um do it for them if you're making a mr potato head and they're putting the eye eyes three eyes on the bottom you know a hat uh, as the nose <laughs> let them do that and you could tell tell them oh 
our ha- um, hats go on our heads and eyes go um, on our face and we have one nose, but have, um, have that flexibility in letting them just explore, be silly and um, doing all these things. It's okay to tell them, oh, this is usually how things are done, but you don't have to be like, this is wrong. We're not doing it this way. You do it this way because it's going to not look right. Right. Totally different. Yeah. Gotcha, and it just gotcha. shows. Okay, that makes sense. It just shows, are you being flexible or are you being rigid? Right. Yes. That's exactly what I was thinking. Like, it's like, what do, what, what do you think? Like your, if your kid turns in something that looks like it was done by a kid that that's going to reflect negatively on you like come on man that's not the way it works let the kid do the thing let the kid you know give the kid guidance but don't do it for them right they need the opportunity to learn and experiment and practice that's how they're going to get better right everybody knows this yet some people they forget about it when they're raising a child you have to suck before you're good they need to practice before they're better before you're proficient you, at something you suck. That's just the bottom line, right? So how is your kid ever going to get better if you're the one that takes away their opportunity to get better at it because you want to do it because you forgot that you're supposed to suck, that that's part of the process. You are actually hurting your child if you're not getting them the practice that they need because you care more about your image and what your kid turns in because like it or not that is an ego play right it really is an ego play if you want your kid to present something that's super super good because you want him to seem like he's he's the best and and you're the most proud parent that's protecting your own ego that's not actually helping your kid it's one of those things what's it's kind of counterintuitive right you're actually hurting your kid more than helping them so no i'm glad that you actually broke that down because that's a real thing and I've witnessed it many times in the past. There are some students who are just like really good at what they did. And there are some students I'm like, nah, bro, that was your mom. Your mom did that. Your mom built that race car for you. Don't lie. It was too good. It was way too good. Cause I know them still and they didn't grow up to be an engineer. So I, and then I know you, that it wasn't there's their forte. Instances, there's instances too, where, where I've seen um, parents and they, we don't know that we're doing this cause we just want to help sometimes right? Where kids, they're trying, it's, let's say maybe an 18 month old or one and a half year old is trying to um, put something in a container or something like that. And they can't put it in and they're trying so hard to put it in. Right. And you, you do it for them or you take their hand and do it, but they totally don't want your help or they throw a tantrum and um, they're like, forget it. And they walk away from it. So that goes with Zach's point saying, okay, it's hard for us to see a child, um, our kid not doing something that you know they're, um, how it's supposed to look or things like that, right? But you let them practice, you let them go through the process. They're going to be um, feeling all these different emotions and, you know, uh, for us, we know how to label it, but they don't. But let them go through that. They need to be able to feel frustrated. They need to be able to feel sad and mad. Um, they need to be able to um, ask us for help if they need help. So it all really goes back to how are you as a parent showing how flexible you are and open to just Correct. letting them even fail, right? Yep. That as well. Yep. That's part of flexibility, right? Us letting our kids do what they need to do, including failing and sucking because (laughs) that's how they're going to get better. Yes. And the other part to it is that what are we going to do is basically what I want to say. What are we going to do when there is a change? Are we going to get stuck or are we going to move forward? 
and take action. And that's what we want our kids to be at. Move forward, take action if there's a change and not be dwelling in what happened um, that was wrong. Yes, learn from it. Yes, reflect on it, but not necessarily be stuck in it. Yeah. All right. Do you have any other points? I think this was very good to talk about. This is one of those things like, you know, sometimes some of these things are common sense and we all know this, but sometimes if it's not at the forefront of our mind, we forget. It's very, 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 very easy to forget some of these basic things just because we have so much going on in our lives. We have so much going on in our brain that sometimes when it's time to, you know, dig into the archives and put it into practice, sometimes we forget that it's even there. So we don't do it. So I think this is a good conversation to have in terms of, in terms of us, understanding that we have to be flexible with our child because they are going to going, be going through so many different changes. Once you think they have it figured it out, they have it figured out. You, you don't, you don't. And it could be as fast as a few days up to a few months. You never know what's going to happen, but we have to make sure that we don't intervene too much to the point where it's detrimental to our kids ability to develop at an optimal or in an optimal manner. We got to allow them to fail. We got to allow them to practice. And we have to understand that as they go through these changes, we need to change with them. And we need to help promote and encourage the things that they're doing. And then there's a time and place, like you said, for certain things. When they're in a, a more of a formal environment like school, they got to listen because this is part of part of understanding, I guess, discipline, I guess we can say, right? But also offering them an opportunity to express their creativity after the fact. If you see that that's something that they want to really do, encourage it. That's part of being flexible. So bottom line is, guys, just understand your kids are going to be going through changes and encourage it be a part of that process. Don't be an impediment. Exactly. Man, Zach, I, I don't know how to follow up with that one. So I will this be, how you follow, this is, this, I will this be is, flexible this, today and I will have you close this for today. This is, oh my goodness. You did this to me last time. So ladies and gentlemen, if you got a lot of value out of this episode, please, please, please share it with another like-minded individual who we can help because the more ears that we can get into, the more people we can help. If you're looking for some help, um, you can reach Madonna anytime at Making Learning Special on pretty much any platform, mainly TikTok, mainly Instagram, and her website, which is www.makinglearningspecial.com. If you have not left a review, you know what? Let me drop this. If you have not left a review after getting some value out of this, please do so. That is going to help the algorithm in a way that's going to help us help more people. Some of these things that we talk about can be basic common sense. Sometimes these things can be very intricate where I do need the help of Madonna, who is the expert in this field. But the bottom line is this podcast was created for you by us to help you with what it is that we're good at. Now, I don't want to take some of the credit because Madonna is the expert. But the bottom line is, like I said, we're here to help. So please share this. Please give us a, a, you know, a review if you found value and we'll catch you on the next episode. See you guys.